Welcome to the Pursuit of a Healthier You podcast, the weekly podcast with your hosts, health coaches, Rachel and Jeff Koltoff. Each week, we talk about the struggles and successes of changing old habits and adopting a healthier lifestyle and the benefits gained. The show includes recipes and tips on what is working and not working for us. The podcast is intended to provide general, non-authoritative information. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or other qualified health professional before making any changes in your diet or exercise routines. Never disregard the advice of a medical professional or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast or saw on the internet. If you think you may have a medical emergency, call your doctor, go to the nearest hospital emergency department, or call the emergency services immediately. If you choose to rely on any information provided by the Pursuit of a Healthier You podcast, you do solely at your own risk. Average weight loss of clients on the Optimal Weight 5-in-1 plan is 12 pounds weight loss on an average for 12 weeks. If you have any questions, comments, or want more information about today's show or any of our shows, please email us at hosts at healthieryoupodcast.com or you can visit us on the web at healthieryoupodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And now on to today's show. Welcome to episode five of Pursuit of a Healthier You, brought to you by your host, me, Rachel Koltoff. And me, Jeff Koltoff. Today, we're going to be changing things up a little bit. How so? We're going to be talking about us. Again? Always. Okay. We're very interesting. I think so. Yeah. Actually, we are owned by six pugs and a feisty little cat. We have a cat? Well, she thinks she's a pug. Oh, okay. I call her my puggy cat. And she responds to that. Yes, she does. What's her favorite song? You are my puggy shine, my only puggy shine. <laughs> that song. <laughs> <laughs> and usually she comes running when she hears that. Yeah, she's not. I don't know. Well, she's probably eating her treats. Probably. It is treat time. True. The earth stops for treats. Absolutely. Yeah. Especially when you have a dog. So we are loved by six pugs and one cat. And this is the first time in my life that I've been a dog owner. I've never had a dog before. Why not? I don't know. Parents nix that idea or? Well, not exactly. I mean, they had a dog when I was a baby, but the dog did some guarding of me in my high chair in the kitchen that I don't remember and bared his teeth to my mom. And she wasn't too happy about that? No, she went, my mom took her to the SPCA. Oh, sorry, peanuts. <laughs> Oh, hopefully she found a good home. I hope so. I mean, from what I heard, she was a very good dog. But um, when I was uh, growing up, like, I guess I was about 8, 9, 10 years old, I wanted a, always wanted a white fluffy cat with the blue eyes and the pink nose. It had to have the pink nose. What was so special about the pink nose? I don't know. I was a kid. I just wanted the cat with the pink nose. Yeah. Okay. So my mom sent me to the library. Yeah, remember that building with books in it? <laughs> Vaguely. Okay. <laughs> so there's something called the free library, and uh, I had to research cats. And apparently the cats with that are white and puffy, they're called Persians, and they're, they're not the most friendliest of cats. We didn't get a Persian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What kind of cat did you get? Or did you get a cat? Let's start there. Yeah. Uh, mom and dad went to a pet store, came home with a seal point Siamese cat named Blossom. Okay. 
And she was a cute little thing. And you were happy about that? Oh, yeah, very. She was a little cute little kitten with these sharp needle claws, and I liked her. <laughs> okay. I mean, she, you know, she was a cute, energetic cat, and she, you know, she, she let me dress her up in doll clothes and play house with her and stuff like that, and put her in my Barbie trailer and used to zip around the living room. <laughs> <laughs> and she tolerated all that. Yes, she did. She was a good cat. And then one day, my dad went to the meat market, and he came home with a cat from the SPCA named Scruffy. And boy, was he. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, he went to the meat market and came home with a cat? Yeah. <laughs> Only pop. <laughs> oh, I, was, I was trying to figure out where that story was going. <laughs> yeah, he came home with Scruffy, and he was skin and bones, had ear mites and upper respiratory infection, and we had to keep them separate for a little bit until he was all better. And they grew up together, and they were like, they bonded instantly as soon as they could. So it was a good childhood. Okay. Yeah. Then I met you, and then we got a pug. Oh, first we got a tiger. Wait, we- oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, we went downtown to pause, and I, t- I told you that, you know, we weren't going to go home empty-handed. I had no idea what you were talking about. Liar. <laughs> <laughs> Boys are knee-deep in here. <laughs> Somehow I think throughout this episode it's going to get deeper. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be able to find the mic. <laughs> so, yeah, so, we, you know, after a doctor's appointment downtown, we went to pause, fell in love with Tiger, and we actually brought her home on public transportation. She survived, so she's she's a Philly girl. She's tough. Yes, she is. <laughs> she can take it. She can take a ride on the L and the bus. <laughs> that was quite an adventure. Yeah. Poor thing. She's probably still shell-shocked. <laughs> so, it made you like uh, pugs. It goes back to... When I was married to my first wife, I had I have two sons who at the at that time were about seven and nine, I believe, mm-hmm. and they were campaigning heavily <laughs> to get a dog. Yeah, who's going to walk it? Well, of course, that was my question. Yeah, who's going to pick up the poo? And uh, <laughs> eventually, yeah. I relented. So the question came down to what breed? Okay. And did you go to the library? No. And we decided on the pug. How come? Uh, my ex-wife really liked pugs, she, even though she never had one. Somehow, I think it was the men in black syndrome. Yeah. And Everybody has to have that uh, Frank pug. Yes. The pugs don't talk, y'all. Okay? They don't talk. <laughs> so I did, I, I, I did a little research on pugs and, and their uh, traits and medical issues and all that. And mm-hmm. decided that a pug would be a good family dog to get. Okay. Went to a backyard breeder. Yeah. Didn't know better at the time. Okay. Live and learn. Brought home 10, 10 or 12-week-old puppy. Oh, Little puppy. Yeah. She just grabbed my heart. Okay. And ever since then, I've been uh, head over heels uh, in love with puppy with uh, pugs. Yeah. I can see why. Yeah. At one point, uh, my ex and, and the boys and I had five, five pugs. That's quite a grumble. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. Okay. Who got stuck walking them? I did most of the walking. Ah, okay. <laughs> but we also had a fenced-in yard, so it was easy to okay. take them out and let, let them run around. Yeah. But don't they need to be walked in addition to that? Yeah, that I usually did later at night. Okay. You know, after everybody went to bed, I would take them out for their last walk and give them treats. And, okay. And then usually I was working long hours back then, and so I would go back and work. Okay. So when I separated from my ex, uh, we uh, I did not 
have the chance to uh, keep any of the pugs that we had. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah. At that time, I was living in Phoenix mm-hmm. and moved back to Philly, and you and I caught back up and rekindled our friendship, and yep. things progressed quickly from there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, as you said, we brought we moved in together, and we got Tiger, what, about four or five months later? Yeah. And I know you really wanted me to have a pug because you know how much I loved them. Oh, yeah. Then, I know nothing about dogs. Oh, well, I knew nothing. <laughs> we adopted Cassidy. Yeah. Well, I did my research first. Really? Of course I did. I'm not going to just get it hit and not know anything about them. That just doesn't seem fair. No, it doesn't. And I like pugs. They have a nice demeanor. They're calm. They chill. They snuggle. They snort. They fart. <laughs> <laughs> they sneeze in your face. What could go wrong? Right. <laughs> So why don't you tell us about how, how we adopted Cassidy? Oh, boy. Yeah, Cassidy. I saw Cassidy on a, a pug rescue site out in New York. And uh, she was a puppy mill pug from Georgia that got transported up to New York. She was available for adoption, but she she was blind. So, you know, I, I read up on blind dogs and well, spent, what, a couple hours on the phone with her foster family? I think so. And, uh, what, a week later we drove to halfway to New York and adopted her? Yep. And we bought her home, and she came to us in this kennel that was like, that could fit like maybe six, eight pugs in there. I mean, the thing was huge. It's monstrous. And there's this little teeny weeny 20 pound pug in there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this kennel was big enough for like a golden retriever or, you know, a big dog. Yeah. It was huge. You know, as soon as we got Cassidy home, she ran into the bedroom. She grabbed my pajamas on the floor and went <laughs> with them within her teeth. And that was it. <laughs> Okay, so our first night with Cassidy, Jeff, you know, Jeff forewarned me that pug snore. So I'm like, yeah, okay, you snore too. What's the big deal? <laughs> I do not. Yes, you do. No, I don't. Right. I stayed at one night and checked. Uh-huh. <laughs> you snore. The walls rattle, dear. <laughs> yes, dear. <laughs> exactly. I knew you'd agree with me. <laughs> so, we, you know, we, we're getting ready for bed. We put Cassidy in her crate so she can sleep in there. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm laying down. Trying to, you know, get, find that comfy spot to go to sleep in. And all of a sudden, Cassie starts snoring. And it was earthquake-ish. <laughs> and I never heard such noise come from such a small little dog. <laughs> I, I, I just couldn't take it no more. So I, I op- got out of bed, opened up the crate, plopped her down in between us, and now I can't fall asleep without that sound. <laughs> it, it is very soothing. That it is. It's like one of those white noises. And then what? A year, six, six, eight months later, we adopted Woody. About eight months later, yeah, yeah we adopted Woody from a uh, Southeast Pug Rescue. He, he was in uh, Florida. Yeah, he was being fostered down in Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah, you uh, flew out there and drove home with him. That's right. Yep. <laughs> I took off at work and stayed home to wait for you. Did you? Yes, I did. I was excited. Yeah, it was a it was a interesting trip. Oh yeah. Because Woody was also blind. Yep. And he has one eye. He had one eye. He had one eye, yeah. yeah. He was a cute little guy. He was a perfect pug. Yeah, unfortunately, he had some issues uh, yeah. with other dogs because he lost his vision due to the original family that had him had four bigger dogs. Mm-hmm. They beat him up, basically. Yeah, poor thing. You know, to the point where he had to have one eye removed and lost sight in the other. Yeah. But he was very well adjusted to moving around the house. and That he was. You know, we'd move furniture. Actually, both him and Cassidy. They just rolled with it. 
Absolutely. Yep. One thing that always surprised me is like I'd be in the kitchen making dinner and I'd check on the pugs and Woody would be asleep on the sofa. And I'm like, how, how the hell do you get up there? <laughs> <laughs> so it took us, what, about three months until we finally saw him jump up on the sofa? Yeah, he just like felt around on the sofa and just sprung up and la- hope. I guess he hoped he landed on something. <laughs> and and he, he always did, he, you know. And we even had a coffee table like a few feet away from the sofa. And when he jumped off the sofa, he would turn midair so he wouldn't bump the coffee table. It was amazing. <laughs> you know, pe- people, you know, will look at a special needs dog, you know, blind or deaf or both, and say, how much fun can they be? You know, how, how do you take care of them? They take their disability in stride. Mm-hmm. They're no different than, than a seeing-eye dog. Oh, we used to play monkey in the middle with Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah, we'd get a squeaky toy, and I'd squeak it, and she'd run towards me. Then I'd throw it to Jeff, and he'd squeak it, and he'd, she, he, she would run to, towards Jeff. And, <laughs> and we spent many hours, and she loved it. Yeah. Well, we think she loved it. <laughs> oh, eventually she got it, so she oh, was yeah. happy. True. <laughs> yeah, she liked playing with her toys. She would, like, grab her toys and and yell at them and shake them to death and de-squeak the squeaking toys, and she was a lot of fun. She was. Yeah. I remember the first time she barked, because it took her a couple months to bark. Now I'm in the kitchen getting her dinner ready, and she barked, and it scared the crap out of me, because I, you know, I haven't heard her bark yet. So I called Jeff. I'm like, she barked, she barked, and then I hang up on him. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm on the train on the ride home from work. <laughs> And I just kind of like looked at the phone like, okay. <laughs> it was exciting. Oh, it was. Yeah. I'm sorry I missed that. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, you heard it later. Yeah. Yeah. After that, she wouldn't shut up. Oh, true. <laughs> She's a princess, that's for sure. Yes. Queen of the roost. And then what, uh, 2011, we lost Cassidy. Yeah. Yeah, she had a uh, tumor in her eye that was pressing on her brain and, uh. She was like head pressing a lot, and so we just we did the right thing for her and helped her cross the Rainbow Bridge. Yep. And poor Woody, he was heartbroken. I never saw a dog so sad and so depressed in my life. I mean, he wouldn't play, he wouldn't eat, he'd mope around. He spent more time laying in the dog bed than anything else, really. Yeah. yeah. I mean, when Cassidy passed, we decided to uh, wait, what, at least three or four months before we would... Think about getting another pug. Yeah. We, we knew we would. Yeah, eventually. But, you know, we figured we, we would take some time to mourn her loss and go through the grieving process. Yeah. But then when we saw how Woody responded to being alone, yeah, we decided that it, maybe we need to accelerate our plans a little. Yeah, just a little. So Cassidy died, passed on December 3rd. 3rd. And it was New Year's Eve day. Yeah. I found, I found a pug in Arkansas. We're meeting transport. <laughs> in Allentown at 5.30 in the morning. And we brought Rosie home. Yep. And as soon as she walked in the door, Woody perked up big time. Yes. He Tail would. wagging and everything. He was so happy. <laughs> you know, you would think that not being able to see, you know, he wouldn't realize that another dog, you know, was in the house, let alone another pug. But yeah. he knew as soon as she walked through the door. Yep. We did he. And they got along great. I mean, Rosie was our first seeing eye dog, too. Yes. Yeah. 
that was different for a change because I'm used to giving, I was used to giving a dog cues to, you know, step up, step down, look out for the wall, watch where you're going. I didn't have to do that anymore. <laughs> no. It was a little weird for me, but it was nice. It was a nice change. But unfortunately, Rosie has lost her sight over the years. Yeah. It's down back to, you know, step up, step down. Wait a minute. Slow down. <laughs> watch the curb. <laughs> but unfortunately, the last little while she's starting to lose her hearing so even the yeah. verbal cues aren't aren't working no so now i sometimes i'll just pick her up and carry her outside it's just easier that way yeah i mean she's excited because she's going outside because she knows it's tree time and you're trying to leash her up and guide her it's like trying to guide na- walk an alligator down the street it's yes just <laughs> impossible so it's just easier to pick her up and take her outside to do her business <laughs> then i guess that brings us up to around 2013 yeah yeah, July fourth, two thousand thirteen. We opened up a a pug rescue. Yep, Philly pug and short nose rescue. And that was quite an adventure in in and of itself. Oh my god, it was a lot of work. It was. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, when you put your heart into something, you know, it's you either do it all or you don't do it. Exactly. Yep. And we did it all. Oh my god, did we? The first dog that came into the rescue, which was literally July fourth, I think that year was a Thursday. Yeah. If I remember correctly. And Saturday morning we're on our way to the southern end of Delaware. Yeah. On a holiday weekend. (laughs) On a holiday yeah, July fourth weekend to uh, pull a dog out of a chicken coop. Yeah. In a in a farm in Delaware. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and meanwhile, that was a very hot and humid year. Yeah, yes, it was. Ming came to came into the rescue. Yep. And I don't know whether it was because we were a new rescue or and we just hadn't really developed a name. There wasn't much interest in Ming. No. Well, she had that that tongue that sticks out, and most inquiries were like, "What's wrong with her tongue?" <laughs> you know, we had no real serious inquiries. Mm-mm. So it was about two and a half months later, we decided to adopt Ming and yeah. make her part of our family permanently. Well, we put her to work, made her spokespug of the rescue. True. Yeah. She had to earn her keep somehow. Exactly. Work, work. <laughs> <laughs> Crack that whip. <laughs> and then over the following five and a half, six years, we had various fosters come and stay with us for... Yeah. Some for very short periods of time before they moved on to another foster home or uh, moved on to a forever home. Yeah. And there was a few who uh, came into our angel program. Yeah. Who uh, were with us not long enough, but yeah, for an extended stay. True. And the first one that came in as part of our angel program mm. was a real train wreck. Oh, yeah. And that's why we named her Casey Jones. Oh, yeah. Train wreck it is. You know, first of all, she was surrendered to us to a volunteer from to the rescue at a train station. <laughs> Should have known something was up with that. Yeah, and I said, "Here's our Casey Jones." <laughs> and then when we when I got her home, we just saw how much of a train wreck she was. Yeah, you know, both shoulders were dislocated, one elbow joint was dislocated, both knees were luxated. Yeah. And uh, she was a happy little thing, though. Oh, she was, and yeah. she was about a year old, and it appeared as though she just had a litter. Yeah, yeah. Her uh, her teats were her still. Her teats were still. Were they were leaking milk? Yeah. My my girlfriend Cindy uh, crocheted a sweater for her so her teats wouldn't drag on the carpet and get rug burn. 
Very thankful for that. Thank you, Cindy. Yes, thank you. Hope you just hope you're listening. <laughs> when Casey came in, we decided that she was not going to be adoptable. Yeah. And uh, No, there's just too much wrong with her. Plus, so, she's majorly food aggressive. True. Yeah. So, uh, we decided to forever foster Casey. Yep. And she's been with us since, and she's still with us. Yep. Yeah, with all her medical issues, she's still here. Yeah. I mean, she has a collapsing larynx and trachea, and uh, she gets acupuncture and Chinese herbs and all kinds of steroid medicines and shocking the crap out of all the vets that see her, because she's still here with us. <laughs> then who was next? I think Ollie was next. I guess, yeah, Ollie was next. No, because we lost Woody in February, and then in June, or at the end of May, June, Ollie came into our rescue, and I, I picked him up in Williamsport. Yeah. Yeah. Great town. Yeah, it is. It's a very cute little town. Far, but cute. Yeah. And uh, I transported him, and I fell in love with him as soon as I saw him. I mean, he, he just has, like, these nice brown, soulful eyes that are that just suck you right in. And he has, like, this nice head and mask, and he was adorable. He was scared, but he was adorable. And he was a big boy, too. He was, like, 25 pushing 30 pounds. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I dropped him off at a foster home, got him neutered and up to date on shots and blah, blah, blah. Then the fosters kept feeding him different foods every night. And then he was back at the vet for an upset stomach and diarrhea. And then a couple of days later, he's back at the vet for an upset stomach and diarrhea. So I told Jeff, I said, like, let's go over there and meet him. Maybe you'll like him. You want to adopt him. <laughs> <laughs> Just to get him out of that foster home so we can... Get his stomach back on track. Yes. With one food, not not 20. <laughs> and took, what, about a week for him, for his stomach to settle down once he moved yeah. in here? Yep. And here he stayed. Yes. And then we found out about his background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, poor guy was uh, forced to fight other male dogs from in his former home, and he used to get beat with a ruler, and he, he was a hot mess, especially if he saw other dogs outside. So we had our trainer come over to help us know what to do in those kind of situations. Right. Which is basically get him out of that situation as quickly as you can. Yeah, before, you know, he turns into fight or flight mode. It's not easy, but, you know, we do it. Yeah. And actually, over the years, he has calmed down a little bit. You know, instead of going into fight and flight and freaking out on the leash, he, like, whimpers and cries, and I turn him around and we go home. Yeah. <laughs> Just going the opposite direction of, the, of where the uh, other dog is. Yep. I mean, his his uh, fight or flight mode was so bad that I had a hard time walking him. No, because he's a big boy. He's a I, big boy, you know, and, and I'm he's short, strong. And I'm short. <laughs> and I was short and fat, and, you know, I had no upper arm strength. But over the years, you've learned to control him. Yeah. Yes, I have. He is a good boy. He is. Yeah. And he's turned into quite a snuggle bug over the years. I mean, I can actually lay on him like and use him like a pillow now, whereas when he first came in, I, I couldn't do that. No, no way. No, there was just no way. No, he didn't trust people enough. Well, considering his background, I don't blame him. Yeah, I mean, now I can hold his, hold his hand and tell him that he's a good boy and that, you know, he can hold my hand because you're my sweetheart. And he lets me. Yes. Without growling or trying to nip at me or anything. Then came in to the rescue another forever foster that we decide to... Yeah, Selena Bina. Selena Bina. Yeah. Oh, she's cute. A little fart, but she's cute. Yeah. Yeah, she, she, she she's my, uh, my hip hug. That she is. She's your Velcro. Yeah. 
She loves her daddy. Yeah, I get, <laughs> I, I get home from work and I'll sit down on the sofa for a couple minutes just before dinner, and there she is on my hip. Yep. <laughs> sit down to watch a little TV after dinner. There she is on my hip. Yep. <laughs> she loves her daddy. Yeah, she does. She's a daddy's girl. Yeah, but she she was a hot mess too when she came into rescue. Yes, because her foster said that she was incontinent. And really, all she wasn't incontinent. What she really needed was a routine. Routine. She needed a strict potty routine. She was with me for one week. No accidents. No diapers needed. Yeah. Makes you wonder what these fosters actually do. But we don't have to worry about that no more. That no, no. more. Thank God. Yes. <laughs> so Selena's a good girl, but um, she has a uh, seizures, and uh, her, her trachea is collapsing too. But she's on a uh, seizure meds. And she's on a Chinese med. She gets acupuncture. She has arthritis. She's starting to lose her sight, too. After, what, 14 years, she's starting yeah. to finally get the pigment in her eyes, which is pretty common for pugs. You know, we skipped over one. Oh. Shooks. Oh. Oh, geez. <laughs> We're dirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and another one of my Velcro pugs. We have very good friends out in uh, Memphis, Tennessee, who run... Uh, Mid-South Pug Rescue. Yeah. And they got in, they got a call from, I guess, Animal Control or whoever it is down in Memphis that they picked up a a black pug on the streets. Would Mid-South be willing to take her in? Sure. Why not? That's another one. (laughs) So Cheryl and Madeline said, yeah, we'll take her in. You know, as a lot of rescues do today, as soon as a pug comes in, they'll post up a picture on Facebook and a little bit of the background story. Yeah. Well, Rachel saw <laughs> this picture of Sugary. Oh, uh, she was pathetic looking. That's what we named her. And uh, she was in rough shape. Yeah. She, she looked like she had been on the street for a while. Yeah, she was emaciated. Or emaciated. 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 And... uh so Rachel re- reached out to Cheryl and says, "I made a donation." Well, yeah, yeah. We want the dog. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so you want to virtual foster her? You, you know, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll we'll let you know what her vet bills are, and you know, if you guys want to take care of that, that's great, fantastic. Yeah. You know, you know, we love you for that. Rachel goes, "Nope, I want to adopt her." i think there was probably silence on the other end of the line probably (laughs) i mean who else would want a straggly skinny scrawny emaciated looking pug besides us Us. (laughs) i mean we've been known to take in the scruffy looking ones so uh was it a week or two later we drove out to memphis from philly yep and we adopted the sugary yep and drove home yep and on the way home, she kept jumping off the back seat <laughs> and walking across the back of the car and then climbing up the back, the other end of the back seat. <laughs> and she just kept doing lap after lap yeah. after lap. Even if I rearranged the luggage to like block off the passage, she still found a way to get to keep walking around the car. <laughs> we knew we were in trouble then. Yeah. I mean, blind dogs are just, they're amazing. And then when we got her home, you know, we had her vetted. Yeah. And uh, her blood work was a little wonky oh yeah she got shot with a bb and uh they couldn't remove it and, well that wasn't why her blood work no. was uh, wonky no but and that was just another one of those surprises that we yeah. got surprise look there's bb stuck in your dog <laughs> <laughs> 
But it turned out that she had adrenal cancer. Yeah. She, she had a tumor on her adrenal gland. Yeah. And that's a non-operable. Yeah. So uh, we were given, what, four to six months with her at most? Yeah. And... Uh, but that's when we met Dr. Saborski. Yeah. At a family pet clinic. Now she's a, a holistic vet that does acupuncture and Chinese herbs and Western medicine. Very interesting stuff. I've yes, learned it a lot is. over the years from her. She is awesome. I hope you're listening. <laughs> so we started her on a routine of Chinese herbs and monthly acupuncture. Monthly acupuncture. And uh, she thrived. She really did. She really did. And she was with us for 18 months. Yeah. I mean, the, the last month of her life with us was pretty rough for her because I guess the cancer got really aggressive. Yeah. And, uh, Apparently, when dogs have cancer, their body temperature goes way up. One day, she was just she was very warm, and then she wouldn't eat dinner. And I'm like, I mean, I try, even tried to hand feed her, and she wouldn't take it. And she actually snapped at me, which was not like her at not, all. Not at all. So we, we took her to the vet and did right by her. I mean, there was a couple times where we were very concerned about her and went to the vet and... yeah. Dr. Saporsky would take a look at her and examine her and say, it's not her time yet. Yeah. And yeah, a day or two later, she bounced back and she was back to her uh, spunky self. Yeah. But she was another one that was daddy's little girl. Yeah. I mean, you came home from work and she'd just follow your scent everywhere until she found you and she'd plop right down. Yeah. I, I, I'd be in, in my office, you know, working at my desk, trying to get some stuff done for the rescue in the evening. All of a sudden, there she is. Yep. Stretched out on the floor right next to me. Plus, you slept on the sofa for, what, 18 months? Yeah. Because she wouldn't settle down in the bed with everybody. But yet, up when we took her camping up in the RV, she would settle down with everybody on the on the bed. Yeah. But she wouldn't settle down on the bed at home. No. I don't know what the difference was, but she preferred RV life. That's that's, that's that, what it is. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> I guess I blame her. No, I don't blame her at all. <laughs> I could live in an RV. Make it so. Working on it. Okay. Trying to. <laughs> So that's our grumble. Yeah. Yeah, right now in the house we have uh, Rosie, mm. Ollie, Ming, Casey Jones, Selena, and a new addition. Yep. Oh, boy. <laughs> or Delilah Jones. Yeah. Delilah Sugary Jones. We gave her Shugs's name is the middle name. Yes. Just to honor her. She's a cute little black puppy that we, that we adopted. We adopted her, what, in August or July? I think August. I think it was the beginning of August of 2019. Yeah. In about two months from when we're recording this, she'll be a year old. Yep. Yeah, she'll be a year old in April. April 7th, actually. Yep. She's a cute little heathen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she's a puppy. Oh, yeah. I mean, puppies aren't that bad. I mean, they're a lot of work in the beginning, but... After they settle down and learn their routine, they're pretty good. They're, they just roll with it, just like everybody. You know, she's part of the grumble now. She's doing great with her potty training now that we finally are able to put some effort and time into that. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't been home a lot. I've been trying to take care of things with mom. Right. And my mom is elderly, and we're uh, looking into assisted living facilities, and I'm trying to get her caught up on her doctor's appointments, so I'm... I've been in and out a lot, so I really haven't had time to put in for potty training. But now that mom's all caught up with their doctor's appointments, I'm staying home and I'm committing myself to potty training the puppy. And it's actually not that bad. No. Again, like with Selena, you just need a routine. Yep. 
And I open up her crate in the morning. I put her harness on. Boom, we're out the door. And she does her thing out there. And I, yep. I try not to, I try to be happy, but quiet about it. Well, because it's 5.30 it's, you know, it's in, the in the morning. You know, your neighbors don't want to see you outside in your pajamas walking your dog saying, good girl, good for going potty. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Padded wagon, white coat. Yeah, they're coming. <laughs> they're coming for you, Barbara. <laughs> <laughs> see, I probably look like a nutter, but tough. Mind your own business, people. Before long, she'll be fully potty trained. and Yeah. <laughs> there must be a dog out back or something. Yeah. <laughs> All nosy Nora's out the window. Yep. Nosy Nora and the sidekick. <laughs> well, that's our grumble. That's our pug story. If you like pugs too, a, uh, send us some pictures of your pugs. We'd love to see them. Okay, I guess that'll wrap up this episode. Yeah, thank you for joining us for this pug episode. Yep. <laughs> They're everywhere. Yeah, pug here, pug there, pug everywhere. It's a pugopolis. <laughs> Have a good day, everybody. So what do you got cooking this week? Buffalo chicken pizza. Ooh, that oh, yeah. sounds awesome. Oh, yeah, it is. And it's healthy, too. Of course, we wouldn't be doing it unless it was healthy. Yeah, but people think, you know, oh, I have to give up pizza. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to give up anything. You just got to find a way to make it healthy. Exactly. Yeah. So for the crust, you'll need a quarter cup of egg beaters, a quarter cup of reduced fat cheddar cheese or Mexican cheese, and one cup of grated raw cauliflower. The toppings are two, two and a quarter ounce of chicken breast cooked and chopped, two tablespoons of Frank's hot sauce, one tablespoon of reduced fat-free ranch dressing, one tablespoon of reduced fat cream cheese, and a quarter cup of reduced fat cheddar or Mexican cheese. Preheat your oven to 425 degrees. Place parchment paper on a cookie sheet and spray with nonstick cooking spray. Combine the grated cauliflower, a quarter cup of cheese, and a quarter cup of egg beaters in a medium-sized bowl. Spoon, spoon the mixture on the prepared pan. Use the back of the spoon or your, or, your, or your clean hands to thin out the mixture and form a circle about the size of a dinner plate without, without the rim. Bake for 25 to 30 minutes. Flip the crust over and bake for an additional 10 minutes. In a small bowl, combine the chicken, hot sauce, ranch dressing, and cream cheese. Spread on prepared crust. You could also add your extra green at this point, such as a half a cup of diced celery or bell peppers. Top with a quarter cup of shredded cheese and broil until cheese is melted, which is about five minutes. And this, this one pizza is one serving. So what are, what are you eating? Scallops. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I like that. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Now that sounds like a, a delicious pizza. Yeah, it does. I didn't know that making a cauliflower crust was that easy. Neither did I. I mean, I, I mean, probably grating the cauliflower is probably a lot of prep work. Probably. But maybe maybe you can buy a used rice cauliflower. Use rice cauliflower or... I don't know if that would hold together. Or use a... Um, oh, what's the... A food processor. A food processor. Oh, yeah, yeah. there you go. Okay. They scare me, though, because they're sharp blades. 
Me and sharp objects in the kitchen don't go good together. <laughs> okay, I guess I'm going to be making the pizza crusts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that's another show uh, of Pursuit of a Healthier You. Hope you enjoyed it, and we look forward to seeing you next week. Yep, keep it healthy, y'all. Thanks, bye. Thank you for joining us for the Pursuit of a Healthier You podcast, the weekly podcast with your hosts and health coaches, Rachel and Jeff Koltoff. Each week we talk about the struggles and successes of our changing old habits and adopting a healthier lifestyle and the benefits gained. This podcast is intended to provide general, non-authoritative information. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or other qualified health professional before making any changes in your diet or exercise routines. Never disregard the advice of medical professional or delay seeking it because of something you have heard on this podcast or saw on the internet. If you think you might have a medical emergency, call your doctor, go to the nearest hospital emergency department, or call emergency services immediately. If you choose to rely on any information provided by Pursuit of Healthier You podcast, you do so solely at your own risk. Average weight loss of clients on the Optimal Weight 5-a-month plan is 12 pounds weight loss on average for 12 weeks. If you have any questions, comments, or want more information about today's show or any of our shows, please email us at hosts at healthieryoupodcast.com or you can visit us on the web at healthieryoupodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue our pursuit to a healthier you.